This is the day the Lord has made. Come on and rejoice with us and be glad. I'm Dr. D.Z. Cofield, senior pastor here at the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church of Houston, Texas. Welcome to I Hope Church. And man, listen, he's alive, y'all. He's alive. We celebrate today, Resurrection Sunday. The world calls it Easter Sunday. It's the day that our Lord rose from the dead. He was crucified, dead, buried, but on the third day he rose again with all power in his hands. And that's what makes our faith different than any other faith. We can't point to the grave of our Savior. We can't point to the grave of our Lord because he's alive and well. The Father says that he is on his right hand interceding on our behalf. We are grateful to God for this privilege to be able to come on this day. And I want to thank you for watching. Listen, thank you for letting us inform your head, inspire your heart, and encourage your spirit to become all that God wants you to be. Now remember, you're not watching to make me a big preacher or to make our church a big church. Man, we are here to help you become the biggest and best Christian you can possibly be. And we thank you for that privilege on today. Our scripture reading comes from Ephesians chapter 1 Ephesians chapter 1 beginning at verse 15 here is the word of the Lord the New Living Translation reads ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere I have not stopped thanking God for you I pray for you constantly asking God the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now, he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. I have read for you Ephesians chapter 1 verses 15 through 23. This is the word of the Lord and our proper response is thanks be to God. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time today. Father, thank you for the opportunity to come and celebrate this Resurrection Sunday. To celebrate that you are alive. And God, I pray that as we worship you today, that our worship will be in spirit and in truth, that our worship will be acceptable in your sight. 
that you will be glorified, that your people will be edified. And God, just like that resurrection Sunday, that the devil will be horrified and terrified as the life-giving, life-changing power of your word goes forth. Have your way today, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, somebody who's watching, tap, type it into the chat. Say, he's alive. I'm glad he's alive. Rejoice wherever you are. Give God the praise. Remember, God inhabits your praise. And we are here to worship, whether you're doing it corporately with your family, friends, or you're all by yourself. There is one audience for our worship, and that audience is always present. It's the audience of one. So let's give God praise right now with the praise team. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. We come to magnify the name of the Lord this morning because he's worthy to be praised. The song simply says there's nobody like our God. Wherever you are, come on and stand up. It's time for praise and worship. Clap your hands like this. Come on. That's it. Come on. The song says, says our, Lord, our Lord, you reign. There's nobody like our God. Nobody like our God. Oh, said our Lord, you reign. There's nobody like our God. One more time, come on, say, our Lord, you reign. There's nobody like our God.
on, repeat after me. Say, there's nobody like our God. Can we lift our hands and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the great I am. Hallelujah. We give you glory, Jesus. So to all of my help, all of my help, all of my help comes from you, my Savior. All of my, all of my help, all of my comes from you, it comes from all you. All of my help comes from you. You are, you are the one that my heart is drawn to. Yeah. In time of weakness, my strength is my real. Come on, say you
that we give you praise. There's nobody greater than you, Jesus. Yeah. Come on, say, you are. You are my refuge and strength, a present help in the time Come on, say, of trouble. When I, I look to the hills from which come in my Man, we praise God. We praise God because he's alive. And we thank God because he is alive and he lives inside of us. That's what that old song would say. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. And we want to walk in the life-giving power of the word of God. Man, I hope and pray you're ready for a word today. I hope and pray you're ready to hear God speak to you and God encourage you in your daily walk. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time. Father, we come today asking your blessings on your word as it goes forth. Forgive me of all of the sins that I have committed of thought, word, and deed, those things that I have done overtly, covertly, and inadvertently that have not been pleasing in your sight, God, I ask for your forgiveness right now. 
cover me by your blood. And I pray, God, for those who are watching right now who need a word from you. God, I pray that this would be an on-time word to not only meet somebody where they are, but to help them get where you want them to be. It's in Jesus' name we ask these blessings. Amen. If I had a private conversation with each of you, I think each of you would be able to identify at least one area of your life where you would want to do better. Uh, professionally, uh, some of you would want to do better in terms of your vocational choice or your career and where you're working right now. Uh, for somebody else, it's relationally. Maybe your, your, your relationships are not where they want to be with family members or friends or significant others, and, and you wish they were at the next level. You wish they were uh, better. Maybe you're struggling personally. You'd like to see some changes in your life personally. You're dealing with uh, some stress. You're dealing with some shame. Maybe you're dealing with some fear. Maybe you're dealing with some frustration. Maybe you're dealing with anger or bitterness, and you would like to get past those things. There's some things in your past that you're just like, man, I wish I could shake this. I, could, I wish I could get past these hurts, these hang-ups, these destructive habits. And my brothers and sisters, here's what I've come to learn. For you and for me, we are not in a bad place because we typically desire to be there. Most of us have a desire to do better. Most of us have a desire to grow in our lives. Here's what we miss. We miss the power to not only make the change, but to stay in that positive place so we can do what God wants us to do. And that's really what I want to talk about today. I, I want to talk about the availability and the accessibility of the power of God. See, I submit to you, my brothers and sisters, that there are many of us who are living virtually powerless Christian lives. We say we are Christ followers, but we're not walking in the power that God has made available to us. And so what ends up happening is even as believers, we are trying to find alternative sources of power. We're looking for, for example, the power of positive thinking, not understanding that it's how hard to be a positive thinker when your life is filled with negative thoughts. Uh, maybe you're thinking about envisioning a better future. If I just envision a better future, then my future is going to be better. But it's hard to envision a better future when you are chained and shackled by a painful past. You need the power of God. And today on this Resurrection Sunday, that, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk to you today from the thought, the power to become great for God. The power to become great for God. You see, everything that God wants us to do, he provides the power for us to do it. Now, here's the mistake that many of us make. We have desires to do what God doesn't have desires for us to do. Or we have desires to do what God wants us to do, but we're trying to do it in our power instead of in 
his power. Our text today comes out of Ephesians chapter 1, and Ephesians chapter 1 is an interesting passage. It's, a, it's in part a prayer that the Apostle Paul makes on behalf of the people of God. Uh, grammarians would call this a run-on sentence because Paul just seems to go on indefinitely with comma after comma, sharing out of his heart to the church at Ephesus specifically, but to all of us as believers who are students of the Holy Writ, sharing with us the power of God and what power he makes available to us. Paul is praying for believers. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. He's praying. And watch what he says in verse 17. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. The New King James translation says that you may know. It's as if Paul says, now, before you can really live this thing out, there's something you need to know. You need to know what God has made available for you to be successful in this Christian life. Paul prays and says, every believer everywhere needs to be aware of the spiritual blessings that God has made available. And that's what I want to share with you today, the power to become great for God. If you want to be better, if you want God's blessings to rest upon your life, if you want to help, in a sense, usher in the favor of God in your life, he says, you've got to learn how to walk in, in the power of God. Here's the first thing I want you to see. Number one, you need to realize God has all the power you need to become great for him. You need to realize, you need to realize God has all the power you need to become great for him. Verse 19, the A part of Ephesians chapter 1 reads, I pray, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. The incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. Now, now this verse is so powerful. I, I, I want you to understand uh, the, the accumulation of words here. To literally multiply for us our understanding of the power that God has. Uh, he says, I pray that you will understand the greatness. No, not just the greatness, the incredible greatness of God's power. The miraculous power of God, his might, his strength his ability, but he adds to it this word incredible, surpassing, exceeding, unlimited, immeasurable. He says it is an incredible greatness. Uh, this word for greatness uh, has the idea of, of mighty, explosive. Uh, it's where we get the word megathon from, and that word megathon is a word 
that is used to measure atomic explosive. This is not just uh, bang or pow. This, this is a, a monumental explosiveness. And, and God literally says through the Apostle Paul, I, I need you to understand how great the power of God is. This mighty power, the B part of verse 19 says, this mighty power of God. And, and it's interesting because uh, this word for mighty power is a power that overcomes resistance. But here's what's interesting about this word, this word that describes a mighty power that overcomes resistance. It is used to describe the power that was exhibited by Jesus in his miracles, and it's used only of God, never of believers. In other words, this is a power above our pay grade. This is not just power you find within yourself. This is not power you find in another believer. This is power that can only be found in God. And, and Paul says, I'm, I'm, I'm praying that, that you realize the power that God makes available for you. Let me just share with you real quickly three aspects of this power that's right here in the text. Uh, first, this was the power that was used by God to raise Jesus from the dead and seat him at the right hand of the Father. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20, that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. So this is not just some ordinary power. This is extraordinary, supernatural, only God has it power. He says, in the evidence of this only God has it power is that Jesus was raised from the dead and sits at the right hand of the Father. But secondly, God's power is also seen in the fact that he places all things under Christ's feet. In other words, Christ has authority over all. Look at verse 22, the A part. God has put all things under the authority of Christ. All things are under his authority. He not only has power, but he has authority to exercise that power. But watch the third thing. It was by God's power Christ was appointed as head over the church. Verse 22, the B part. And has made him, talking about Jesus, head over all things for the benefit of the church, and the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. Jesus is the head of the church. Now listen to me. He's not the head over a building. Remember what I told you, whenever you see the word church in the New Testament, the Lord is never talking about buildings. He's always talking about people. And the Bible says he is the head over that fellowship of true believers. He's the head over his body. He is to be the head, not just over the body of the church, but he is to be the head over your life. Now, please put a pin in there because we're going to come back to that in just a minute. You've got to let the Lord be the head of your life. God has power like nothing and no one has, but the only way you can tap into that power is to allow God 
to be the head of your life. Look at Jeremiah 32, verse 17. O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Luke 1.37, read it with me if you will. For nothing is impossible with God. Read that again because somebody, you didn't get it. Let's read it again. For nothing is impossible with God. Matthew 19, 26, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. But with God, everything is possible. I told you, number one, you need to realize God has all the power you need to become great for him. Here's the second thing. Number two, you need to realize God wants you to use his power to change your life. God wants you. Everybody say me. God wants you to change your life by using his power. Look at verse 19, Ephesians chapter 1. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power. Here it is. For us who believe him, this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. He said this power is for you. Use his power to change your life. The Lord doesn't say use your power to change your life for his glory because he knows your power is limited. And if your power is limited, then the change that it can produce is going to be limited and temporary. He says, if you want to see a real change happen in your life, tap into the power of God that was made not just available to you, but is accessible to you. When God raised Jesus from the dead, two things happened. Look at A. The power to raise Jesus Christ shows that God has the power to conquer anything you face in life. The power that raised Jesus can show you that God has the power to conquer anything you face in life. When God exercised his power to raise Jesus, he conquered the most powerful Opposition that the world has ever seen, death. Death. Nobody has defeated death. I don't care how much money they have. I don't care how many doctors they have around them. I don't care how many specialists they know. Death is the undefeated champion of the world. Until death faced Jesus. And the Bible says the power of God raised Jesus from the dead to show us that God has the power to raise not just a dead Jesus, but he can raise you from the dead. And he can raise you out of any dead situation. Somebody that's listening right, right now, you're going through something in your life and maybe you feel like it's hopeless. Maybe you feel like it is dead. It is as dead as a doornail. It, it's just dead. It's dead. And God says, no, it may be dead to you, but I specialize in showing up with resurrection 
power. Jesus is the one who walked in the funeral processions and turned funeral processions into parties. Jesus is the one who could go to a cemetery and, and, and turn a graveyard and a gravestone and move it away and, and watch a dead man like Lazarus come forth. He has the power over death. And whatever dead situation you're dealing with, God says, are you willing to tap into my power? Listen to me carefully, because I'm talking to somebody right now. I don't care how dead the situation may appear. It may be a dead love in your mind. It may be a dead relationship. And I'm telling you, God has the power to resurrect a dead situation. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast, this is Paul talking, about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. It's when we are weak that we are strong because it's when we are weak that we tap into the power that belongs to God. Romans 8.37, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Resurrection power teaches us that we can overcome whatever has held us back, held us down, has kept us from becoming all that God wants us to be. Resurrection power shows us that God has the power to set us free from what has held us back in our past and in our present. But watch this. He didn't stop there. Look at B. The power to raise Jesus Christ shows that God has the power to give you a new life no matter what your situation. God has the power to give you a new life no matter what your situation. Can I get resurrected from a dead situation? Absolutely. Resurrection power can take care of that. But once I am raised out of this dead situation, these dead circumstances, what's waiting for me? After Jesus had been raised from the dead, he was not living his old life. He had a new life. He had a new life. He was raised to a new place in life. Watch Romans chapter 6, verse 4. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. New life is available. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, read it with me if you will. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Here's the challenge for you. Here's the challenge for me to recognize that we will never be able to fully embrace. We will never be able to fully exhibit a new life in Christ apart from resurrection power being activated in our lives. Preach, Cofield. We've got to. We've got to recognize that we can't get there without the power 
of God. And when we pray, you've all heard the saying, if you haven't, uh, no prayer, no power, little prayer, little power, much prayer, much power. But, but let me just add to that, it's not just praying, it's what you pray. It's what you pray for. See, here's the problem. Many of us, we pray for God to change our situation. Or we will pray for God to change somebody else. When's the last time you prayed and said, God, change me? Matter of fact, we'll go so far as to pray to ask God to change his mind. We do it in a spiritual way. It goes something like this. Lord, if it's your will, can you, Lord, I'm asking right now as humbly as I know how, can you? But we don't pray and ask God to change us. See, that's the first place the power of God needs to show up in changing us. When's the last time you prayed and said, Lord, change me so I can live a new life? See, one of the reasons so many of us don't get new results is because we're walking around with our same old self, our same old attitudes. And even if we try to change some of our actions, we still have not sufficiently or submissively prayed and said, Lord, change me. Here's the third and final thing. Number three, you need to understand God's power is only available when you believe and put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. God's power is only available when you believe and put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 19, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power, here it is, for us who believe him. For us who believe him. Now let me put a cord in the meter and park right here for a second. Most of us, when we hear the word believe, we think about salvation. And there is an aspect of salvation in believing in Jesus. No question about that. But I believe God is trying to get us to embrace more than simply salvific belief. I believe God is concerned about you and me believing beyond salvation to the point of submission. Believing beyond salvation to the point of surrender. Will you believe God to the place where you trust him and will follow him even when it doesn't make sense to you? See, it's amazing to me how many people believe that because they are a Christian and because they believe it, it must be from God. They don't even understand, take into account that the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful. They, they, don't even, they don't even take into account Paul's admonition to let this mind be in you that's in Christ Jesus because Paul understands that the mind of Christ is many times not our mind. No, we don't even think like that. 
if I think it, it must be God. And please don't let me get some corroborating evidence or just get a feeling that it must be God. It must be right. Have you checked it by the word? No, I ain't checked it by the word because I'm trusting my feelings. Have you even tried the spirit by the spirit? Well, it must be right because I'm feeling this way. And God says, you've got to surrender to him. That's what he says. He says, for us who believe him, can you believe God? Can you believe him? Can you believe that he can do whatever no other power can do? Can you believe that God will open doors that no man will shut and close doors that no man will open? Can you believe God? That if he's for you, he's more than the world against you. Can you believe, God, that no weapon formed against you shall prosper? Doesn't mean no weapons will be formed. It just means that even when they're fired, they won't prosper. Can you believe, God? And watch this. If you believe, God, then you should trust him and obey him. If you believe, God, you need to trust him and obey him because here's what the word teaches us what god did for christ he can do for you because the same power that raised jesus is available to raise you not just out of a bad situation but to a new place in life so this resurrection sunday i want to encourage you To realize God makes available for you resurrection power. And that resurrection power is the power to change any circumstance, any situation, any person, any predicament. That resurrection power is enough if you let it to change your life. It's the same power. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's the same power that placed him at the right hand of the Father. It's the same power that God makes available to you. If you're in a situation or circumstance that needs to be changed and your situation, my old pastor would say, If your situation is not bigger than a dead Jesus in a borrowed tomb, then he can handle your situation. Because the same power that raised Jesus is the same power that can raise you. Boy, I wish I had some help right here. I could go on in, I promise you. Because if you think you have something too hard for God, if you think your life is too hard for God, I dare you to try. I dare you to put your life in the hands of the master. That's why Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think, according to, there it is, the power at work within us. The power to truly change your life is only accessible when you give your life to God 
and you trust him and obey him. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God for the power that can find you when you're at your worst. Thanks be to God for the power that can cleanse you when you messed up the most. Thanks be to God that can change you and do something marvelous with your life. Thanks be to God for the power that can raise you. Thanks be to God to the power that can place you. Thanks be to God for the power that can keep you. Thanks be to God for the power that can pick you up and turn you around and make something beautiful out of your life. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead on that Resurrection Sunday over 2,000 years ago. And it's that same power that can raise you right now. Are you tired of being where you are? Are you tired of living life the way you've been living it? Are you tired with temporary solutions because you're not using or accessing eternal power to encourage you along the way? My brothers and sisters, wherever you are, the power to be great for God is that resurrection power. Paul says the same power that raised Jesus is the power that's available to raise you to a new place in life as well. Let's pray. God, I thank you for resurrection power. I thank you, God, for the power that you've made not just available to us, but accessible to us. And I pray now, God, that that same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that, that same power on resurrection ground, when he said, all power in heaven and earth has been given unto me, I pray, God, that somebody would seek God today and say, God, I need that power. I need that power. I need that power to help me keep praying for my, for my marriage, for my children. I need that power to obey your word in relationship to my, my marriage. I need, I need that power to be able to walk in a way that pleases you and talk in a way that pleases you. I need that power to be, to be the witness that you've called me to be. I need that power to do the work that you've called me to do. I need that power to worship the way that you want me to worship beyond Sunday morning. That every day of my life will be a day of thanksgiving and I will honor you in all that I do and I say, God, I need your power. And God, grant it right now. Where our prayers fall short, God, we ask you to make up the difference. It's in Jesus' name we pray and we say thank God and amen. Oh, my God, my God, my brothers and my sisters, my prayer is, is that you're ready to tap into that power. You're ready to tap into that power. Can, can I tell you how that power manifests itself? And, and many of you, you may be waiting praying, fasting to receive God's power. Here's what I've learned, at least for me. 
God doesn't give power that is not needed. God doesn't give you power to sit. God gives you power when you serve. God gives you power to do. But you've got to start doing in order to see the power of God manifested in your life. It's when you trust him and when you obey him that you see the power of God move within you and through you and around you. Don't, don't allow fear to hold you back. That's what Paul said to his young protege, Timothy. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And fear will keep you from experiencing the power of God in your life. Trust God and experience his power. If you're watching right now and you've never asked the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, the text says he makes that power available for us who believe. And I told you that believe is, I believe, multifaceted. It's not just salvation, although that's where it starts. It's salvation, but it's also submission. It's also surrender. Submission to God to say, Lord, have your way in my life. If you've never asked the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, I want you to click on the button now that says, I want to be a Christian. I want to be saved. I want to know Jesus Christ as my Savior. And if you pray the prayer of salvation that I will lead you through, you will pray the prayer that I believe by faith will give you a relationship with the Lord. If you're watching now and you're looking for a church home and you believe this is where God wants you to be, listen to me carefully. Man, we're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. We're just trying to become all that God wants us to be. And, and here's my testimony to you as pastor of this church. I'm not sinless, but I'm sinning less. I'm becoming better. I'm becoming stronger. And I believe God wants to do the same thing in your life if you give God an opportunity because he's not the God of a second chance. He's a God of another chance. Some of us have blown through that second and third chance. We lost count of the chances that God has given us, but because of his grace and mercy, God continues to give us another chance. If you're looking for a church home, click on the link that says, I want to become a member of the church. I want to join the church. And we would love to welcome you on the virtual platform. So many things have been going on and we've been working so hard. And I want you to keep praying for us, man. Even today, uh, God is doing some amazing things. I'm marveling at it and I'm excited. And can I tell you something? I've been privileged to serve as the pastor of this church for 28 years. And I can tell you this, I am more excited today than I've ever been as pastor of this church because I see God doing some amazing things. And I'm excited to be part of it for the season that God gives me. So I want you to join me on this journey, all right? Now listen, if you haven't worshiped the Lord already in giving, there are six ways for you to worship the Lord in giving. On the digital platform, we ask you to give as God has blessed you, give as God has prospered you, and give as God leads you. Listen, giving is an act of worship. 
And I submit to you, one of the things that I want to encourage you to do is pray. Pray and ask the Lord. Say, Lord, what do you want me to give? How do you want me to give? When do you want me to give? And trust God. Allow the Lord to speak to you however the Lord speaks to you. Allow the Lord to speak to you and to lead you in your worship and giving. God is doing some amazing things here at our church. And and I'm just so excited to see the lives that are being touched, the lives that are being changed locally, nationally, and internationally because of the ministry of this church. And I'm grateful to God for that. Uh, Don't forget, this week, this week, we celebrate our 150th church anniversary with our gala. Now, I need to tell you, man, we've got stuff planned throughout this year because it's just that kind of birthday. It's a sesquicentennial, 150th birthday. So we're going to celebrate all year long. And our gala is coming up this weekend. Uh, Man, we're excited. We have a Christian comedian. Marcus Wiley is going to come and minister. Uh, We have the one and only Kathy Taylor. Uh, Got a chance to just see Kathy at another affair, and she's excited about coming. And we're excited to have her share with us. Uh, We're looking forward to recapping and celebrating the history of our church. That is going to be on Saturday, Saturday, April the 23rd, 6 p.m. sharp at the uh, Hyatt uh, Hotel in the Galleria here in Houston. So if you're in the Houston metropolitan area, man, we would love for you to come. Listen, tickets are just about gone, so make sure you call and let us know. I think we have until about Wednesday. Uh, So if you don't catch us then, uh, you're just going to have to watch the uh, video replay. But man, we're going to have a great time in the Lord. Um, Also want to uh, encourage you in your giving uh, to give sacrificially and sacrifice and in honor of 150th anniversary. Uh, We're giving, I'm I'm asking everyone to give above your regular giving for the 150 years. $1, $5, $10, hundred dollars, whatever it is God places on your heart. And again, I would ask you to make sure you pray about it and make your giving an act of worship. Make your giving an act of worship and make it a sacrifice for the kingdom work. Last but not least, I want to uh, welcome to our staff. Man, we got a new staff member. Sister Denise Henderson, this young sister is on fire for the Lord and I'm excited to welcome her on our staff as our new director of missions. Uh, She is assuming a role that was filled by Pastor Mark Sloan. Pastor Sloan is in Uganda with his wife, Marshall. They are serving as full-time missionaries in Uganda. We're grateful to God for the work that he is doing in the Sloans and will be doing through them. Pastor Sloan sent me a text. He's excited about what God is doing, and we're excited for him as well. And uh, Sister Denise Henderson is a young lady who has a passion for mission work, a passion to work with the homeless, and we're looking forward to hearing from her on an ongoing basis to help mobilize us, encourage us, and inspire us to be the salt and light that God has created us to be. I told somebody the other day, they asked me about how many of our members are coming back to the sanctuary, and I told them, I said, you know what? Um, I don't know how many are coming back. I'm not fussing at people for not coming back. I'm not mad if they don't come back. And I told them this. I said, if 100 people 
who used to come to church and sit and worship, if those hundred people watch online and would spend that hour to two hours that they would spend traveling to church and coming to our corporate worship, if they would take that time and spend it volunteering and serving in the food pantry, a homeless ministry, a nursing home ministry, if they would take that time and volunteer at the food bank, guess what? Man, I'll take that all day. Because church and being the church was never defined by our faithfulness to coming to church. It was about who we were on the outside of the building, not how often we gathered inside the building. So I want you to know we're still here. Now, if you'd like to come and join us every morning, 10 o'clock, you are welcome to come every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock at the Good Hope Church if you're in the Houston metropolitan area. But if not, man, we'll see you here and you can catch us not only at 8, 10, and 12, we have worship on demand so you can catch us anytime you want. And we're about to launch our discipleship on demand. That's coming up soon. You don't want to miss it. All right? God is doing something wonderful in you. God is doing something wonderful in me. Let us let God have his way. And let's tap into that resurrection power. That's what this day is all about. Resurrection Sunday is about resurrection power. And let's walk in that power and live in that power so we can find the great place that God wants us to be. Until next time, God blesses my prayer. just a moment and encourage your brother or sister next to you and tell them God is doing something wonderful in you. Come on, tell them. Say, God is doing something wonderful.